You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Mark Hampton. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. I've been away for a while. Uh, did, Did, what, like a month, I think, out, but... We are back, and we've got some good announcements and uh, some great episodes to talk about. Joined today um, by my buddy Ash. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, mate. How are you today? Good, good. Full English cast today. So this is a, a first for the uh, for the JIE review. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. First announcement, obviously, Joe. Old news now, but sold to Spotify for what I've heard is a hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars. Can you believe that shit, Ash? Yeah, that's that's an insane amount of money. Apparently, their their Spotify stocks went through the roof as soon as that announcement came out. So, they they won instantly. I think. Yeah, I I think it's definitely going to pay for itself in no time. Uh, also, this week, Joe is celebrated his 18th year anniversary of um, being announced for the UFC. And honestly, I couldn't even imagine the UFC without Rogan. Um, you know, we get to see it because he doesn't do all the fights now. But when he does, it's it's always special. Oh, uh, Joe's great. Part that. He's it, it, whenever I watch a fight and he's not commentating, I'm kind of bummed. I almost feel like turning it off. You know, <laughs> he does play a big part. Yeah, if just... you think of any other sport, it's not really like that where a commentator makes such a big difference. But at least early on. You know, I was watching this back in 2005, and it was before I did any jiu-jitsu. I didn't know what a lot of the moves were. I didn't really know what was happening at any point. And the way he would break it down, almost educate you as he goes, he doesn't need to do that quite as much these days. But he played such a pinnacle part of, of making that sport even make sense to a lot of people, I think. Oh, I, I agree 100%. I think, I think what Joe does really well, what you said, is he explains very technical moves. And he slows it down and, and breaks it down so like you can understand it very simply. You know, it's like, oh, this guy yeah. needs to just put his hand on his wrist and crank it that way. Yeah, and before you know what like a Kimura is or Americana, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, you're I like, have well, no idea what's happening. You're like, oh, he's doing exactly what Joe just told him to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's almost like they should just stand next to his commentary booth and just be like, wait till Joe says it and then we'll figure out what's next. Well, that, that was a big thing in the the fights lately because if there's no crowd, there's no noise. Uh, fighters were hearing the commentators like they could hear DC when they were fighting. So they were actually using DC's commentary as coaching. No shit. Yeah, That's so, pretty interesting. So they got free coaching from like legit badass UFC fighter. Yeah, like mid-fight. That's pretty cool. I think um, well, I wonder. I wonder how that changed the fight. I wonder if it actually gave anybody an advantage or not. I I think it did. I, I can't remember the guy's names. Two heavyweights, but he was like I heard after when he did the uh, the post fight interview. He's like, yeah, I heard I heard DC, and then I realized I had to switch up what I was doing. <laughs> That's great. Yep, you got to listen to DC. He knows his shit. All right, the first episode of the week that we're going to cover, 1492, Jocko Willink. It's great to be back and do a Jocko one. He's such a bad motherfucker. I know, Ash, you're a big fan. Oh, yeah, um, get some. Get some. I mean, uh, 
the good video alone is enough. If nobody's heard of Jocko and you like to push yourself and do awesome shit, you know, or you're just trying to get through a difficult time, man, that good video is next to none. It's probably the most motivational thing I've ever seen, and it's like three minutes long. Oh, 100%. I think I think what's so good about it is there's so many different contexts inside that video that it could apply to so many people. Um, oh, yeah, and every situation almost. Yeah, so you just got to watch. We won't do it justice talking about it, will we? So you just got to watch it. <laughs> no. Good, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, well, they started off, you know, it. I mean, it got deep in, in parts. It was kind of, it was heavy towards like, what was happening at the moment, the current climate, the, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff, the the protests, the riots, police response. I mean, there, there was a lot to cover in this one. And Jocko, with his background in leadership training as a Navy SEAL uh, team commander and, uh, and, and you know, also his jiu-jitsu skill. I mean, I, I really appreciated his input on this. And, and I feel like, you know, even with Joe's background with with martial arts i mean it 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 spoke a lot you know it wasn't like just two dummies talking about their opinions like there was a lot of weight in this and you know when they started with uh the cops don't often seem to get enough training you know there's not the resources for it and um you know they they were talking jocko said that before they go and deploy he does like so many months of training like intense training before a big deployment yet these cops get a couple of classes you know i just wanted to hear like what was your take on that yeah it's a it's a heavy subject for sure um joe even commented on a couple of podcasts like you know it's been really heavy lately so um i think i think one of the things jocko was talking about obviously was in regards to the training um what he didn't actually mention which i kind of looked up was that you know the navy seals are one of the biggest funded uh special forces unit in the world so they have a, a kind of unlimited unlimited budget you know they get the the highest highest caliber equipment and training going um and then unfortunately there's a lot of police departments out there whose funding isn't particularly great and they just don't have the resources to do the training that jocko's talking about you know um yeah of course yeah it would be fantastic if they could do one day a week whether it's just scenario based training but i think in reality some of these smaller departments are really struggling um yeah so what do you think a fix could be then i mean they they mentioned that one thing i really liked was that they talked about every cop should be a purple belt and i remember you talking about that with me just on the phone while we were discussing it it's like well that's that's a lot of work you know, but it's every one of them could do it. Do you think that that could ever be like a mandatory requirement? I I don't I don't think it will. Unfortunately, like I do agree that uh, you should be at least a purple belt to be in that kind of job. It's just the logistics for me. I mean, you know how long it takes for people to get to to purple. You're looking at a good on average. What do you think? Like four years of training to get to a purple belt? Yeah, at best. At best. Yeah, so then all you know, if a cop's like, right, I want to be, I want to be. If someone's like, I want to be a cop, and I uh, and I'm I'm 21 and I can be a cop now. It's like, are they going to wait four years while they get their jujitsu purple belt before they can be a cop, or do they just start? May- so maybe you could be training though, you know, like maybe the force could pay for your membership. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I'm sure if you talk to schools, they could do, they could set up like a discount for law enforcement, you know, so you could probably get $100 a month if that's paid for by the, by the department. Yeah. And then, you know, let's say you're in academy, but then you've just started jujitsu. So as long as you're in it, and then it's like, you know, they do give you a period of time. Like, yeah, you have your four years. I mean, I think real quick, six months of training, you know, three times a week on top of your job. You, If you're taking it seriously and seeing it as your job, there could be like certain stage point certificates for like completion. I mean, even after six months of training, you're not going to fucking kneel on somebody's head for eight minutes. Like you would know better that quickly oh even if your jujitsu wasn't that sharp 100 percent. i think anyone who's with after like three months of being a white belt you, i would fancy them more against someone who doesn't know any jujitsu you know yeah I, I i liked it i liked that idea i thought it was it was smart and i i don't know i'd feel safer i mean i mean I jocko would never fuck with any cops yeah, Jocko's a big, huge advocate for jiu-jitsu in schools and, you know, for kids do, doing jiu-jitsu at a young age. So imagine if everyone did jiu-jitsu um, so everyone has that, like, base for it and then you could... <laughs> Nobody would fight ever. Well, because Nobody you... would be getting in fights. You know, you know, it's like, you know, we both train jiu-jitsu. The more you train, the less you would want to actually have to use it, you know? Um, and then you do develop an, an incredible temperament while some guys sat crushing you you know like you you get in really bad spots well i do um you get in these really <laughs> bad positions you know and you're under a lot of stress someone's body weights on you you're tired you know there's three minutes left in a round but yet you can still maintain your composure you know um yeah and, and you know let's you know let's not get confused on the issue like th- th- being and jocko says this as well being a police officer is probably the t- hard most difficult job in this in this country especially right now um there's for sure there's for there's sure. so I many agree. variables um i think the one thing obviously with jiu-jitsu and being on, uh, a cop on the street is that you have to be aware of your weapon and not let anyone take your weapon so that kind of changes the dynamic as well but in terms of sure but you know by doing this if this was like nationally mandatory in a sense you they they could make a modified version you know where you are like paying attention to this yeah one of the guys uh, one of my professors actually teaches to law enforcement around the state it's it's a it's a blend of it's kind of like a martial arts uh it's a kind of like a law enforcement jujitsu so it's it's yeah. it's about you know maintaining space uh keeping your weapon safe and then how you safely safely detain someone and you know make the arrest safely with no one because no one wants to go out there and hurt people you know there's probably some people that do unfortunately and that's the reality of it but you know the the cops that i know want to go out there and you know do their job to the best of their ability and go home you know everyone goes home safe you know that's why they do the job yeah but i yeah i think if if jujitsu everyone did jujitsu and at least respected jujitsu i think it would definitely make a big impact for sure what did you think about when they said there could be like a um like a a public class that kind of shows you how to get arrested? I, I thought it was quite funny 
in a way, but like kind of interesting. Like what to expect. Well, it's like it's almost like you run through a little scenario where a cop like actually arrests you. Yeah. And this is what you should know and how to move. I kind of feel like that's a fucking good idea. I think it's a great idea because at the end of the day, like you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, and the police officer's job, one of their jobs, is to know the law. And unfortunately, a lot of general public don't actually know the law or are aware of the law, or they think they know the law, right? So they get their camera out and they're filming it, and you're like, "You can't do shit! You can't do shit!" And they're like, "Actually, I can." You know, yeah, what I'm or saying? just so people, you know, whether whether the person's allowed to do that or not, and they probably are allowed to just film it and and you know express their own rights. It's like, well. You know, he's the cop still has to be safe. Yeah. He's still trying to keep the person he's talking to safe. And at the end of the day, he's trying to figure out wh- what's going on with whatever the the police stop is. So he needs some assistance. 100%. 100%. I, I think it'd be a great idea. So, hey, if this happens to you, here are, the, here are the top three things that people get pulled over for. Here is Here is how to behave when you get pulled over. Or here is how to behave when you get stopped in the street. And it's like the top. Here's the top three things you should do, or or what you should say. And you know, in in some cases, it might be like, here's what you should not say. You know, Um, right? Yeah, I I I think it would be a smart move. And 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 then of course they get back to like, how the fuck do we move forward with this country? Yeah, you know, they're talking about the election coming up. So we got Trump, we got Biden. I mean, all right. If you're not a Trump guy, then sorry, but you got Biden who does seem like he's really not making a lot of sense, at least with his speaking. He has a bit of an issue, so he's going to struggle against Trump. Yeah. Who Trump's a machine, doesn't man, seem isn't phased. He? Yeah, he doesn't seem phased by this job. Yeah. He's not aged a day. And, you know, it's like, who could run? And I loved it when Jocko was like, The Rock. The fucking Rock should run. Uh, when he said that, he I was like, this is the best fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> just it's so good, right? Yeah, just the Rock run as an independent party. He he would have one hundred. What does he? How many followers does he have on Instagram? Like a hundred and fifty million or some shit. Yeah, I think he's like he's top five. I think Cristiano Ronaldo, the football player, is top. I think like one hundred and sixty-five. But the Rock's right up wow. there. If he's like, hey, I'm yeah. running for I'm running running for president, he he would get it. I got no doubt in my Dude, mind. Dude, he wouldn't even. He wouldn't even need to have campaigns on TV. No, he should. He, ju- could, just he could just do, do it a, all on Instagram. Yeah, just do a fucking funny Instagram post with um, uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone would just laugh and be like, "I'll vote for you." He's yeah. just got that. They'd be like, "He's just got he. He's just a people's person. And he's super humble. He's very much like Jocko in the sense, even Joe. Like, you don't really know what side of the political fence they sit." And they do a very good job of articulating their opinions without really going either way. Does that make sense? Like, I feel yeah. like it, these days it's so extreme left or right. And it's like, fuck you, you're a Democrat. And it's like, I hate you. And people don't even want to listen to what the other person is saying anymore. There's no there's yeah. no conversation, right? Whereas these guys seem to articulate their point without really offending anyone and 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 going too extreme either way which is a, a a real skill especially in this in this day and age you know the way where everything is right now for sure well they suggested running him running as an independent which i thought was cool because that would really open up the party system 
And I mean, once you get three parties, like we're from England, so we have multiple parties. You know, I don't know what they consider England, but I guess it's mainly three party, right? We got the Liberals, the Lib Dem, or the Labour Party, the Lib Dem, Conservatives. Yep. I guess what the Green Party is something there, like that. Is like one guy, it. right? Yeah, one dude. But you know, I mean, it's multiple. There's there's more of a choice here. It's just red or blue. That's it. And if you're not on that, you can't be anything. So an independent party being established and really being able to push forward. I mean, it would be interesting if they made some sort of party in the middle. It may be the first time we've ever had a chance in the U.S. to to kind of bring these things together. I mean, you know, and we're invested here. We're both citizens. You know, I've lived here a very long time, and you, you recently got your citizenship. So, you know, I mean, we're more invested here than we are back home. I don't, I don't follow a lot of the shit back home. So I'm, I'm very invested in in seeing a system work here. That's that's just I don't know better than it is. Hundred percent. I would love to. See I mean, it. there's people really, really struggling out there. You know, and yeah, and and a lot of these things people are protesting and uh, is really happening. You know, you can't bury your head in the sand and ignore it. Um, and what I find really interesting as well is how small England is. Like, I think uh, many Americans haven't haven't been to England, so they don't understand how small it is. Like, England fits inside California multiple times, the state. Yeah, and yet there's it fits in Texas five times. Yeah, so there's four or five parties that you could potentially vote for to run your country in England. But over here, in one of the, the biggest countries in the world, there's two. You've got two options. So yeah. like you said, when you've got t- your two options are who they are right now, you're like screwed either way, to be honest. <laughs> I know. It's it's something, especially when they don't have leadership that you can really follow in as well. That's a little bit, uh, I don't know, it's just a bit disconcerting. Well, I think the, the Rock touched on this um, and then Jocko did the the lack of leadership in the country that that no one's really steering the ship right now you know mm. um and i and i don't mean terms of that i just mean like just just standing up and be like hey this is what's going on this is what we're going to do and kind of acknowledge yeah. acknowledge both sides and be like okay this is definitely a problem and we need to i don't know what the answer is i really don't but like to, you have to acknowledge the people the like people are angry people are hurt you know you've got to um you've got to acknowledge that for sure well, for sure i mean it, it you know it's like it's the covid stuff that they were talking about i mean it seems like covid wasn't as bad as we thought it would be we took massive precautions from it um you know kids aren't in school people haven't been working but you know now things are kind of showing up people are showing antibodies they didn't really get all that sick um and it did lead to in a sense the riots in some way because it wasn't just the george floyd thing i mean that was disgusting but it was it it seemed like that was a catalyst you know that was like everyone was already stressed already frustrated we're not getting the information that we need you know it's everyone's back and forth on wear a mask don't wear a mask wash your hands don't do this don't go there don't go out and we're like what the fuck and you know as soon as this happened you know that poor guy got killed murdered really yeah um 100 yeah it, it just people lost it they lost and they got really frustrated and and then it just it went bananas 
and and yeah a lot of that does seem to have come from just you know the the lack of leadership on all the sides from everybody it wasn't like anybody had a better answer you know no you, everyone's really just, just pushing their own agenda instead of really helping the people and you know most importantly moving the country forward you know now yeah. you've got the eu who are, are banning travel from from america like they're like you can't fly into the eu from you know united states which is absolutely unheard of. If it's always been the other way, yeah. And now everyone, Europe's looking over here and go, "Sorry, you're not coming here." Right? It's crazy. I mean, well, there's a lot of cases here. Yeah. You know, especially in New York. I mean, things are starting to open up, though. You know, it's getting a bit more normal. They talked about people potentially going back to jujitsu. I think when they recorded this, Jocko hadn't opened his gym, but I know you've opened yours. Mine is not open. What kind of precautions are you taking up there? Oh, we've got very strict uh, protocols in place. It's you have to wait for the other class to finish before you can go in the building, and um, the mats are heavily sanitized before you have a temperature check on the way in. Uh, you can only roll with someone in your household. Um, the classes are obviously limited. It's very, very few people in the class compared to a normal class, obviously. And, uh, yeah, you can only either roll with someone in your family or you've had contact with or, like, a training dummy. So it's pretty – it's very different. And I think – Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think it's going to be it's going to be very different for everyone for, for a while. This is going to change the way we live our lives for a very long time, I think. So I think – That's nuts. I think as a – So if you don't live with someone that trains, you just which I don't, you just have to roll with a dummy? Yeah. It's almost pointless. I wouldn't even bother going to the school. I mean, at least you'd win it. Might as time. well watch YouTube videos. <laughs> Do what? At least you'd win every time. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get your ass kicked quite as bad. It's going to take a long time to get the next belt if you're not rolling with a human being. Though. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a very unrealistic way to do it. I think, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what. Again, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the alternative. And I think it's like that in so many different areas of our lives right like i said it's going to change the way we live our lives for a long time and i think as a society we just have to accept it and just 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 get on with it um yeah and i think respect those people that you know you, you hear people making comments about oh the this person's wearing a mask everywhere they go and it's like people are some people are genuinely worried about this thing you know and if they want to wear their mask everywhere let them it's no big deal yeah i don't begrudge anyone yeah. i I, I don't wear mine just kind of like walking around, but I do try to respect people's space still. 100%. Even though yep. I, I don't know if it's... I, I don't know what I personally believe about it, like whether it's a big deal, like, you know, whether to walk by somebody. But I just see if you're wearing a mask, you're obviously being cautious. And I don't know what your health condition is. So I'll just... I'll walk around it, you know, across the street yeah, or whatever. Joe, Joe and Jocko, I felt like almost said that it didn't exist. Without really saying it. They they kind of did do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Which, which you know, if that is the case, then that's the case. But they can't be sure. And I don't know if it's wise to really throw that out when there are people that still could get sick. Yeah, Joe and said Joe, Joe gets, like, tested daily. That's intense. He was just like, Jocko sat down and he's like, all right, we're going to do a COVID test on you today. And then he just made whoever it was just order the test, get the doctor in and test Jocko. Yeah. I'm like, you must have some kind of titanium t 
testing kit to test Jocko. <laughs> Special needles to puncture his rhino skin. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Joe did talk about leaving LA. And he has been doing that for a while. Yes. And he's been kind of yeah. like, you know, catastrophizing in a sense. Like just waiting for the big catastrophe. He's always talking about the Caldera or you know the big like vol- massive super volcano or just all the types of shit that can go down but he really pointed to something important he was like you know la is not ready for a catastrophe Anything. to happen you know it just you could see it with the riots i mean a lot of cities did i mean the police force wasn't ready for any of that and on top of that it's like getting sick you know if this actually was as bad as they thought and food did run out like you don't want to be in LA, I wouldn't imagine. Oh, it'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Just you know, we, uh, yeah. it's we we we've never had it so good as a society, right? The majority of us, I, you know, I'm not saying everyone because there are people that don't, and there are people that are genuinely struggling. But as a society in general, we've never had it so good. We have this instant gratification where I thought I can order something on Amazon and it's like at my door in five minutes. You know, and that's everything, my my groceries, whatever. So when the shit hits the fan, we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to stick together. We don't we don't know how to work together. We just people just lose their minds because we're not we're not tested at any people aren't tested in their lives anymore. So yeah. when big shit like this happens, uh, there's a really good book called uh, Tribe by Sebastian Younger, and he talks about that. You know how people survived in the uh, when London was being bombed in the war, and how the communities came together. Like it, it's frightening because, like you said, if something really, like you know, Joe says, if something really did happen here, like I, I do not have a lot of faith in humanity. Yeah, we're not we're not ready to to, to like come together well. <clears throat> I mean, you saw this by just people buying all the fucking toilet paper and paper towels. Yeah, people don't I mean, give was... a fuck about anyone else. No, I I don't understand that. Like why? Like of all the shit, I'd be like, let me get some red wine, some whiskey, uh, some cigars, <laughs> yeah. and people are just buy. People are fight. Like women are fighting over toilet roll. Yeah, and pasta. It's, this woman got really pissed off because she couldn't buy like fourteen fucking packets of pasta. And I, what amazed me honestly is I thought right, stress is hit, everything's getting scary. So the liquor section is going to be empty. That was not true. I mean, it, it does make more sense. People should go for <clears throat> cans of tomatoes and pasta, like rice. Yeah. Like, that's what keeps you alive. But, I mean, I almost couldn't believe that, like, all toilet paper's gone, all paper towels are gone, and all the liquor is still there. I'm like, oh. Yeah, people need, people just, need to get their priorities sorted. <laughs> yeah, right? Should be margarita time. We don't have to work for like four months, so have a drink, relax. The bars are closed. It's the it's the whole it's the panic thing, isn't it? Like you know, and and Joe and Jocko talk about it. Like the social media, social media rules the world now. Um, and as soon as one person says on their their Facebook or their Instagram, oh, they're you know you need to buy t- toilet roll. P- you know, the, the 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 front door slams, the car the car tires are screeching, like everyone's getting to the store because they're like shit we need we need toilet paper and they're like why and they're like i don't know but i need loads you know and then that's it they're just yeah yeah it's exactly that i mean well look we're learning a lot we're learning a lot about how people behave and and what happens and 
and you know and this was kind of a trial run because this wasn't a massive um you know global sickness it, it, it i mean it wasn't like millions and millions of people died you know it it was it was a lot of people it was still bad it still needed to be shut down in ways and and it really showed some limitations in a lot of the systems the hospitals government response all this but if it was a lot worse we would have been fucked because we do not have the systems in place to to make this uh to make that survivable i mean they're talking about 40 percent of small businesses are going to go under yeah it's so sad man so sad dude unreal unreal uh, towards the end of the podcast, they talk a little bit about uh, some hunting. Yeah. Because uh, Jocko started hunting. Joe's been doing it for a while. Talking about the great hunters that they're, you know, they have the privilege of hunting with Cameron Haynes, John Dudley, all these guys. And Joe said something interesting. He said that how shooting a bow really helped his rifle shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I can agree. I mean, I've been shooting a bow since I was 17. And, um,. You know, I do notice when I'm given a rifle because it's so much more still and you can just focus on your breathing without all the rest of the kind of contractions of shooting. It it really does improve your your rifle shot. And that's an interesting thing to think of for people that uh, do any hunting or shooting with a rifle that, you know, they might want to consider doing some bow work just for that stillness and control yeah that was really that was interesting because joe was talking about how you know you have to use all the muscles in your back and squeeze your upper back and your arms your forearms and your finger you know and and then you're working on your breathing whilst trying to keep your eye on the target right and then he's like you know with a gun once you've got it settled and it's comfortable it's just that slow trigger pull um so that was yeah you know for that to transfer into shooting a rifle is pretty cool um, for sure yeah it's inter- it's interesting to see how there's those parallels like you think they're totally different things because the mechanisms are all different but you know it's a lot of it's just being calm being patient and um, and staying kind of focused with your breathing I mean breathing is a big part of all of it I know snipers even try and shoot in between their heart beating or something i once heard that i was like how is that even fucking possible but they try and do it between beats that's when they pull the trigger how the fuck they do that i don't know but um yeah i mean those guys are on a different level aren't they they're they're just they are the best trained people in the world um yeah and why what i really liked about that actually um you know it's two guys talking about just proper just like raw human hunting providing for yourself providing for your family um and also the the second thing for me was and they link this to jujitsu which i i totally understand and i feel it as well is that you have to be present when you do this stuff like in jujitsu in yeah. jujitsu you have to be present you're not thinking about your mortgage the bills you have to pay um you know taking the kids to school whatever whatever it is you know you are present you're like how am i going to get out of this situation yeah because you're fucking terrified exactly and i think people are so overstimulated these days by you know caffeine lights technology you know where everyone's always on their cell phones it's just constant information stimulation it's the whole 
fight or flight, right? Our adrenaline is just constantly going. And I think people have a really hard time being present in the moment. You know, me and you've uh, discussed it recently. You know, when you go out for beer, like, let's leave our phones here. So you, you engage in communication again, you know. And they Joe, Joe and Jocko were talking about that, about how we've lost the ability to communicate with each other. And it's kind of like just this big vicious circle, right? We're, we're stimulated by technology. People can't relax. People don't know how to conversate, communicate. And we just get pulled into these big, like, big vicious circles. And, and it it's, it's sad. It's like dehumanizing people, I think. Yeah, if you ever, like, if you notice people today, if they're on their own, like in a waiting room, standing in line, at a coffee shop on their own, even at a bar, just chilling on their own, which ever, people used to do. It wasn't uncommon for, like, one guy to just go to a bar and Especially chill. in England. And, you know, that's why they had TVs, right? That's They put TVs up so you can watch them. But in England, they don't always have TVs. Yeah. Like, it either forces you to talk or just sit there quietly. Now people don't even know what to do with themselves. Like, everyone that is, like, a single individual just at a place like this is 100% on their phone. You can almost guarantee it. Well, because you you like almost feel like... the training of even what to do. Yeah, you almost feel like a weirdo, don't you, if you just stood there and you're just looking around. Like, because you look yeah. around, everyone's head's down. Like, this is the thing, like, people have no idea what's going on in the world and, like, the danger that's actually out there. And, like, you know, you could link that back to law enforcement about, you know, the shit they have to deal with and what they kind of protect us from. Is like... People don't have their heads on a swivel, right? So everyone's heads down, buried in their phone, and like you don't know what what could happen to you. So it's it's frightening. Like it's just what's the the movie Shaun of the Dead, right? Oh yeah, yeah you know, like so, like he Simon Pegg. when the whole world's turned into zombies, he's walking down the street and he doesn't notice anything different because everyone's acting the same as they were before, and it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a great pe- precursor to like that was even before smartphones existed, but now it's e- it would be even more um, poignant because that's exactly how it is. I mean, it's making zombies. People just stuck on it. I really like to stay as disconnected from my phone as I can. Really. Yeah, for sure. Like I I enjoy it. I take pride in the idea that I t- just don't post a lot of shit or stories or i just you know unless it's for work which i understand or you're building something but for me it's not it's not that it's just like something to do but i love i love just being able to leave it down or not check it or not feel like i work for my phone but the fucking thing works for me yeah 100 percent. you know and talking about scary shit though what about that story of uh, Jocko breaking John Dudley's neck? So John Dudley is a world-class archer, a great guy. He was training with with uh, Jocko. Is John Dudley a SEAL too? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. He's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, sure. regardless, he, he might as well be. And I guess Jocko... So how did Jocko break his neck? I wasn't really following that. Uh, so Jocko uh, was telling the story about how he kind of exchange services i guess you could say like he taught jocko how to, to bow hunt properly and gave him a load of pointers and then jocko had him come into the gym into victory mma his uh, gym in san diego and jocko was kind of showing him some basics and the family were there uh dudley's family was there and then jocko said like after he was like hey do you want to go which you know in jiu-jitsu is kind of like hey let's roll so jocko was like okay yeah. um <laughs> 
That's such a bad idea. So I think Jocko was basically on, you know, top control and he put in an Ezekiel choke. Uh, No gi. So basically he just, Jocko used his giant gorilla forearms to kind of, to to choke him out. And Jocko tells the story and he's got his knuckles on the guy's neck and he's not tapping. And and you know, like some people, when they're new, they don't know when to tap in jujitsu. And you 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 yeah. figure out it's it's experience, right? You know when to tap, or you know when you beat. And then, yeah, they felt like a, a I think he felt like a bit of a crack, and um, he didn't think too much of it. And then apparently, he had a scan from a doctor like months and months le- uh, further down the line, and he, the doctor's like, "You have a hairline fracture of one of your cervical." vertebrae and he's like oh i God. think i know what that was from so joe just takes the piss out of him saying wow you choked him out and you broke his neck in front of his wife and kid yeah, yeah. he's like you fucking animal jocko's like no no let me explain it wasn't yeah. like that no it sounds like it was jocko you fucking gorilla yeah the guys are love freak. it yep yeah too strong too strong i mean he talked about competing back in the day and losing to big country yeah i mean jocko is no joke big country is is badass a heavyweight is i mean he was really fucking badass for a long time he knocked out brendan Schaub in uh the ultimate That's fighter right. yeah, he did fighter final i mean you know he beat uh kimbo he had some good fights he was fucking legit and the fact that jocko was at a level where he could go up against him and almost won you know or could have it just that guy is just beyond terrifying in his own way well and it's it was a great pod i always love jocko being on there those two are good friends and just hearing like those two dudes i mean name someone that's more of a man than jocko willink i'd fuck the rock i don't even know yeah probably not you're gonna struggle just jocko maybe chuck norris he is (laughs) definitely chuck he's up there bruce lee i mean we're talking mythical characters after that for sure thor who knows all right next up we got kyle dunnigan 1495 kyle has one of the best uh instagrams i've ever seen he does the face swap he has some legendary michael jackson videos he does a lot of the kardashians mate he's just hilarious if you don't follow him follow him now and laugh your ass off because some of the stuff he does is unbelievable he used to be on the show reno 911 that's where i first saw him he was good on yeah, that yeah. and it, his comedy's really taken off what i loved about this podcast and like you were saying actually a lot of them have been very serious recently and this one was just funny they got high as fuck and just had a laugh you know weed's legal in california they weren't breaking the law they had some whiskeys they just had some fun and brought a bit of comedy back to the world, much needed. And uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, they started off so silly, like the dangers of being a lumberjack. And they're both talking oh, like they yeah. know a, what that is all about. A lumberjill. They had no idea. Yeah, they're like, I don't even know what they do or how they do it. And, but it seems dangerous. I'm like, fuck yeah, being a lumberjack's dangerous. Trees flying everywhere. Hey, yeah, and you want to talk about, you know, we talk about manly stuff like that. You can't, you don't get much more manly than that. No, that job's got to be hard as hell. Oh, I I used to, I used to do I actually pr- used to do that when I was younger. Did you? Yeah, really? yeah. I worked with my stepdad while I was, whilst I was at university, and yeah, just going into the woods, cutting trees down. It's it's ridiculously hard. 
Did you did you ever ever have any close calls like almost getting squashed by a tree or whatever? Um, kind, not by a tree. There's 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 a couple of incidents incident incidences where I've been a little bit close with my foot with the chainsaw. Oh, yeah, because when a tree falls down and the branches kind of fold underneath, there's a lot of pressure on them. And when you're kind of taking the the limbs off, sometimes they'll they'll spring back. And when the saw's still going, it might flick the saw into your boot, you know. So you've got to be, it's, yeah. Which, it amazes me. Like, you just see all these guys just going down to the hard, local hardware store and just buying chainsaws. And I'm just like, oh, my good Lord. Because, I, like, I know how <laughs> dangerous they are, you know. Like, they are in the wrong hands. Like, that, that you could really cause some serious injury to yourself. They they just immediately chop something off, right? Like it would be as fast as you could put your hand on it, it would just blow your finger. Well, not necessarily, like because of the teeth and the way it's moved, it's more of a it's gonna like I would say like fingers and a hand maybe it would, but like you start getting into like a leg, it's gonna just kinda chew it. To, oh, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's gonna really rip some stuff. It's it would be nasty. Yeah. Do you wear like special pants? Or clothing that like tangles up the the chain yeah if you so if you, you should wear the proper gear because once the once the chain goes into it yeah like you said it just chew, it just chews up it just just blocks the the chain from from rotating anymore um, yeah yeah it's it's gnarly it's but some people man they just they just uh, they don't take the necessary precautions i guess and then you've just got these crazy guys who are just chopping these ginormous things down and climbing up them they don't give a shit it's probably one of those though you could just get so comfortable with it and everything's so normal you do it a thousand times you don't even think twice and then it's just that one time that's it that something gets fucked and you that's when you realize this whole time how dangerous it was and boom i mean there's so many jobs like that that's what i mean like like, one person's sending the wrong email at work is the other person's going wrong with the chainsaw you know it's like you know it's like you do like you said like you do something thousands of times and you don't think about it you know and then that's why you got to be present ad that's it that's it body jujitsu well it's it's one of those. It's like, yeah, you can send, you can accidentally like attach everybody to an email that's private. I mean, okay, that's embarrassing. Yeah, my boss is a prick. But the consequences, yeah, the consequences are nowhere as dire is uh, is when you're fucking, you know, using that sort of heavy machinery. Nuts. Well, so Kyle has a Tesla. I've seen it because I've seen him perform at the comedy store. He's driven in with it. Obviously, Joe does. Kyle couldn't stop talking about how much he fucking loves that thing and how Elon Musk is the man. I like talking about Elon. I think he's super interesting guy, brilliant innovator, and uh, doing a lot of cool shit. Um, I went over to the Lowe's actually near me, and there's like a parking lot for SpaceX. Oh, that's kind of cool. Near the airport. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there, but it was full of Teslas. And uh, yeah, they got a parking lot. I'm like, fucking SpaceX, man. How badass is that shit? That dude is just unbelievable. Like, what an incredible dude. Well, he's he's another guy who's talking about leaving California. Yeah, he, he said a few weeks ago, like, um, it was some something to do with government restrictions on production. And he said, he was basically, I'll take, every, I'll take all of my plants to Texas or wherever it was, he said. 
and I'll make it there. Oh, shit. It's like, as California's a state, you do not want Tesla leaving. No. You know, like... No. I, I just feel like they're going to just... I, I think they're going to come out with, like, a couple of other cheaper models, and, the, and people just want Teslas. They're so much better than other cars, from what I'm hearing. Just so much cooler. My old roommate has the small one. What's that called? The Model 3 Yeah, or I think you're right, yeah. He fucking... Yeah, Mark has that, and he loves it. He's just like, this thing is unbelievable like it just blows his mind every time he's in it and i just think how fucking cool is that and it was like 35 yeah grand. and they're just so quiet and so luxurious it's crazy but what else can you buy for that money that would be even be close nothing not like that you should get one you get deal. one. deal 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 get rid of your i'll mail. do it after you pay me for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds reasonable let's do it Let's do it. Um, I uh, What else did they get into? Well, I was just going to say, like, what yeah. I really loved about that podcast was, like, it was just two guys shooting the shit and just enjoying each other's company. I think they hadn't seen each other for a long time, and it was just... It was nice to just hear two humans interact positively, have a good laugh, make make kind of light, light of some situations, you know, and just, like kind of relax a little it was it was it was good it was a good i really enjoyed that episode it's important to have those episodes too because uh like you know things do get tense like the world's tense now so there's a lot of information that needs to come forward so they have all these serious guests trying to pass important information but it's nice to remember that we can just take a take a seat and relax and get silly and and have a laugh and yeah thank god for those ones just thank god really that joe on top of being a great podcaster like imagine if he wasn't a stand-up right imagine if he just did fear factor and then he was the ufc commentator and then he had the podcast which was good that would be awesome i still think the podcast would be massive but the fact that he knows all the best comedians in the country and they're his good friends for over 20 years just make those conversations unbelievable you know, whether it be Bill Burr or Tom Papa, like any of those guys, uh, it, it just it just makes it just so much better. I loved it when they were talking about like working out, getting in shape, like working out your house, whatever. And then gene manipulation, right? Using CRISPR and then making yourself look like whatever you want, like make yourself look like the. Oh, world. that was brilliant! Like you know that sh- you know that shit's gonna. Yeah. Happen. Oh, for sure. Like, imagine if someone said to you, right, okay, so you can take this pill that's totally non-toxic, everything's good, you know, there's been no side effects, but you take it, and you'll basically be the size of the rock. Like, your legs will change, your jaw, everything massive, and you won't have to work out a day in your life. Or, don't take it, and work out as much as you can, eat loads of food, you know, always be fucking tired as fuck, you know, spend hours a day getting jacked, and you'll only be as big as your genetics will imagine like allow everyone's taking that shit it's funny because like you're kind of asking the wrong person here because like i i what gets lost on a lot of people is like i genuinely love the process of of training and staying healthy you know like the days where you really don't want to do it and you just get your ass up and you go and do it and you're, you're super fucking satisfied um i there's no doubt in my mind that there's a bunch of people who would just take shit to look good and not have to train 
but I think you're, you're losing on a lot of physical and psychological benefits of not training, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still a lot of advantages to it. Because Joe, Joe talks um, about, you know, how, you know, how much, how much it makes him feel good. Like when he's training and he, he, he talks about that. And I think, um, as good as that is, and it's fantastic. Like, it's like the matrix, right? I know Kung Fu, boom, go. But there's no struggle there, right? There's no struggle to learn Kung Fu. All you've done is you've just done your Amazon one-click purchase and you know Kung Fu. Which yeah. is like what we... Yeah, it, it probably doesn't raise your toughness. Yeah, it's what, it's what, we, do with every, it's what we do with everything in our lives now, you know? So I think there is a, there is a, a serious uh, lesson or a lot of lessons in the process of getting, getting to that point, you know? Um, but for some people, it would be nice definitely another thing that they talked about is like the the whole sex bot issue you know like when in these sex bots are gonna get hot and you know joe's like well they're never gonna replace a real woman because you just don't get that struggle you know you don't get the back and forth you're not gonna get the butterflies for it but who knows man who knows how hot they can make these things i mean by the time they make them look super fucking hot and basically act like humans they're going to be able to program them in to be like the sexiest sassiest things on the planet you know it's like your own sex bot but it actually just denies you one night it's like no i'm not feeling it <laughs> no you didn't do you <laughs> gets didn't all do the, pissed off and goes for a walk you didn't do the dishes earlier <laughs> it's like it would be it would almost be like advantageous in a way like it would be annoying in the moment but it's the same thing as you're talking about it's like the struggle is what makes it worth it it's well like we they, are they we program that struggle. It, this all comes like we are uh hunters we are evolution by evolution we are hunters it's how we survive and every year we just lose a little bit more of that right you know that that just that raw human desire to like that's how we function it's what we're made for we're made for 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 hunting and gathering and procreating you know and it's just like now it's just all like a click of a button and it's unfortunately it's, it's ruining some people you know i think it's you have to be really cognitive of staying true to who you are and um and i, I that, and that's what i like i like about joe he keeps it real he keeps it raw you know he hunts does jujitsu it's cool yeah for, for sure for sure um i again like you said this was it was just so fun it was just like a lot of fun there's so much silliness in this if you guys haven't checked this one out i i couldn't recommend it enough uh do you know what, do you know what it reminds i, I do really you, wanted it remind sorry it reminded me of you know when you watch a good movie and then they show the outtakes at the end of the movie and you're like yeah. fuck why don't they put that in and then you're like well it kind of doesn't work obviously because it's an outtake but if you just watch outtakes and they're hilarious and it was kind of like they they'd done a podcast episode and then they were just hanging out after yeah and and i like that and i think that's it's that raw it's that raw human just there's there's no bit there's you know there's no like kind of performance it's just them it's just raw people being honest just being themselves it was i loved it it was great yeah it, it was fantastic well, Ash, thank you for joining me this week, and uh, I I think that uh, we're going to start doing this more. So it's going to be the all English version of the JRE review. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Uh, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, and thanks for everyone listening. Thanks for your patience with me being away, but we're going to get more consistent with these, and uh, just stay tuned. And uh, peace. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. 